Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast World Tour is picking back up this summer. July 26th, me and G Moody, last name rhymes with duty, will be in Toronto, Ontario at Danforth Music Hall at 8 p.m. We will be back in New York City August 4th at the Gramercy Theater. Saturday, August 18th in Houston, Texas at the Warehouse Live Ballroom. Wednesday, August 22nd in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at Union Transfer. And Saturday, August 25th in Boston at the Wilbur Theater. The I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast World Tour is going down this summer. You can get tickets at IamRappaportTour.com. Me, G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty, and you know there's going to be special guests along the way. We kick things off July 26th in Toronto, Ontario at Danforth Music Hall, 8 p.m. Canada. Here we come. What's up? This is Michael Rapport. You are now listening to the I Am Rapaport Stereo Podcast in prime time. On today's episode, we are not, we are not, discussing the NBA or LeBron James. We do have sick fucks of the week. We are discussing Robert De Niro and special guest, political correspondent, international correspondent of the I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast from Bloomberg News, Eli Lake, joins the show to explain 
what is quote-unquote talented about Kim Jong-un. All that and more with me and G. Moody, Miles Jordan. Let's start this off with something funky. All right. Brand new I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast in prime time. My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the Gringo Mandingo, a.k.a. the Jake LaMotta of podcasting. I'm here with G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty. Yep. How you doing, Mr. Moody? I'm doing I'm doing fantastic, man. Uh just enjoying stuff and uh doing good. No no complaints for me. Um if you hear any honking in the background, those are the sounds of New York City. It's a beautiful pre-summer day. Uh here in New York. Summer is upon us soon. Um oh. and uh as I told you. Uh, this I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. We will not be discussing LeBron James. He's not gonna. He's not gonna hold us captive. Yeah, We're not gonna over. be held hostage every fucking episode. Yeah. About where he's going, where he's not going. Who cares? He, who gives a shit? He lost. He's a loser this year. You're a fucking loser. We're not talking about you every episode. We don't talk <laughs> about losers because we're winners. Yep. This is championship podcasting in primetime. Why discuss a guy who got his fucking ass kicked? Yeah, he didn't win a game. He doesn't deserve any attention. I like, you know what? But since you're saying that, you're kind of enticing me to want to talk about him. Are nah. you trying to, like, do a Jedi mind trick to talk about nah, your guy? Nah, nah. Lee, we, he, he lost. That's it. Uh, Golden State deserves all the attention. They kicked their ass four straight. But I LeBron, like that you, you said he's a fucking loser. Why don't you say it again? He's a loser this year. No, but you said, I think you just said a couple of beats ago, he's a fucking loser. Yeah, he's a loser for this year. So he doesn't deserve any attention. That's okay. what I'm saying. Okay, okay, cool. Um, Dennis Rodman does deserve some attention. Yeah. Dennis Rodman is a fucking nut job. Okay, Dennis Rodman has been crying on TV since he played for the Detroit Pistons. If you remember, remember the great Roy Firestone? He had one of the original, probably, I mean, there might have been something before it, but on ESPN, uh, going way back into the 80s, uh, Roy Firestone, who was a comedian, uh, radio personality, uh, you know, talk show guy, he had yeah. one of the first sit-down interview shows on ESPN called Up Close with Roy Firestein. Yeah, great um, show. He had great interviews. He had, like, Everybody at the time, you know, Magic Johnson, Will Chamberlain, everybody from the 80s, Joe Montana. I mean, it was just like it was the place to go. Now there's, you know, everybody uh, has a, an interview show. Everybody, everybody, podcasts are like assholes. Everybody has one. But Roy Firestone or Firestein uh, had uh, the original show on ESPN. And I remember way back when, uh, uh, when Dennis Rodman, you know, was first sort of jumping on the scene when he was with Detroit. He came on the Roy Firestone show, and uh, he was telling his story, and he cried. Um, and it was very emotional, because at the time, you didn't see athletes, you didn't see black athletes, you didn't see six foot ten uh, uh, black athletes cry that much on TV, because, again, there wasn't that as much exposure to the athletes. Um, yeah. And it was a very compelling interview. He talked about growing up. He had a crazy life. And he talked about, you know, his daughter. And it was just, he cried very genuinely and, and very openly. And it, and it, you know, got a lot of headlines. And it sort of gave you an insight to Dennis Rodman. And Dennis Rodman hasn't stopped crying since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And although everybody was a fan of him as a player, or you either you either loved him or you loved to hate him, depending on what team he uh, you were rooting for, um, Dennis Rodman is a fucking nut job. Yeah, yeah, he's he, he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer. No, he really isn't. He really isn't. And 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 he's been crying every step of the way. He cried on Celebrity Rehab, of course. He, he was well within his right to cry when he got nominated into the Basketball Hall of Fame. I believe he cried on The Apprentice with Donald Trump. He, he cries every fucking where he goes. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, I think he cried uh, the last time he was on the Howard Stern Show. And most recently, uh, during the Kim Jong-un, uh, Donald Trump, uh, quote-unquote, summit, uh, you know, he somehow... <laughs> It became a part of it, and and when he was talking about his place in the whole thing, he cried again. And I want to say is, 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 I, is I don't think uh, there's any parameters on whether men should cry or, or, or not. You're a grown man. Get your fucking self together, man. <coughs> Stop fucking oh, crying every time you're on TV. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, and and, and also, CNN. Dennis Rodman, get yourself a sponsorship with Burt's Bees Chapstick. Your shit is so far. Have you seen Dennis Rod? He looks like he's burnt his lips. Yeah, it's split. I, yo, he's bugged out, man. Why doesn't he get himself some lip stuff? Get yourself some Burt's Bees. Get yourself some, some Vaseline or something. Man, he got his lips pierced too, right? That's not the problem. The piercings and all that. He was ahead of his time with the piercing and, of course, the tattoos. He was like the first dude to do that. All that stuff is cool. I'm talking about his shit is so dry and looks like it hurts. Maybe that's why he's crying. Maybe he thinks it's because it's emotions. Maybe it's because his lips are so fucked up and his lips are so dry. Yeah, yeah. I saw him on CNN. He was, uh, it was heartfelt, though. He was really like, yo, he oh, caught a lot of... You know what? You would think it was heartfelt if, if you didn't see all the interviews that I saw. Because oh, right. you didn't see him on Celebrity Rehab. You didn't see all the, like, all the reality. He cries every fucking time a camera rolls. Oh, damn. Man. You're right. I haven't seen him. And but, yeah, it yo. may be heartfelt or whatever, but hold your head. <laughs> yo, D- Dennis Rodman is a, a unique character. And uh, he's going to be bugging out every time you see him. But, uh, but what, what, what he was crying about was real. Like, I, I saw that as a real thing because he was, he was catching a lot of flack for going over there with, uh, with uh, you know, uh, what's that dude? Jung Kim, Kim Jong-un. Yeah. He, so he was like, yo. And now Trump, they, they kind of hammered out some kind of deal. Well, yo. later on in the show, Eli Lake is going to break down whether or not they hammered out a deal. And I, I'll be honest right now. I'll confess uh, I broke rule number one of the Iron Rapport Stereo podcast, and I did fact check, and I actually intensively fact checked because when it comes to politics, uh, I know what I know, and I know right. what I don't know, uh, and I know a lot less than I actually know. And they didn't hammer out a deal. What what they have right now is is a deal to sort of make a deal, if, if that makes sense. Like they they have a, they, but we've had deals to make deals with. Uh, North Korea for for years, right. okay, and and they never get done. Just like we've had deals to make deals with other places, and they never get done. So, um, yes, uh, they have a, a deal to make a deal in place. If that makes sense, that's like me saying, uh, okay, gee, uh, we're going to uh, uh, do a deal uh, uh, with um, 
Time Warner. I'm just throwing this out there in in All December. Right. Okay, and and we're gonna do uh, you know a show about uh, the circus, and they're gonna give us a show once a week, and they're gonna give us you know let's say five dollars a show, and, and I hear you, and then you go okay, dope, and then let's say in October they say you know what we're we've changed our mind, uh, we're not doing the show about the circus, and everybody go about their business. That's oh, what okay. they have right now. Uh, oh, they have just- two and a half years to actually execute what they agreed upon. And and don't don't be fooled by what Dick Stain Donald Trump nah. is saying because there is no actual thing happening. They met for a few hours and that's it. You think years and years and years and decades and decades and decades of, of Donald Trump schmoozing a killer. Kim Jong un, that's why Dennis Rodney's ago, he's a great guy. He's a fucking murderer. He enslaves his people. They're so enslaved. And they're so oppressed, they don't even know that they're oppressed. They, lot, people grow up in that. So right, for Dennis right. Rodman to sit there and be like, oh, he's a great guy, and, and Donald Trump, he's, a, he's talented. He called him talented. Like, what is this, fucking the G League? Or what, 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 what are we watching here? Uh, you know, America's got this, a singing contest? He's talented. Like, what, oh. is this minor league baseball? Yeah, he's a talented shortstop. You, that's Out of all the words that you could come up with about Kim Jong-un, I, I get that he's having to schmooze him and, you know, because he is a lunatic um, way more than, than Donald Trump is. I get that he's, you know, trying to work him. But to sit there and, like, it's one thing to work him and, and sort of try to, you know, soften things. Another thing to suck him off and be like, oh, he's talented. He's really smart. He's really funny. <laughs> like, why don't you just suck him off? Oh, man. Just, just instead of doing the handshake in front of our flags, suck him off. Oh, nah. Yo, you guys are fucking nuts. You refuse to give this guy no. any, any I, inkling, any You're not listening. Credit. I, just, I just said that I, I understand what he's trying to do. And I also just said that I fact-checked. And I'm I very well informed. I, I, not only did I speak to Eli Lake, I've really investigated and did a thorough fact-checking with what actually Took place in Korea. I understand. And what didn't take place. And I I'm understand. saying, I get, I get that it's a step in the right direction, but we're talking about a step in a long marathon. Yeah, but that's, that, that's something that, that you get started that it didn't happen before. So this guy got something started, and you reluctantly want to give him props, but you should. So you think meeting with Adolf Hitler is a good thing? Because that's essentially but, what he's doing. Uh, this guy, this little, this, this guy's not Hitler. What the fuck? Yo, yo do but, the re- but what I'm saying. Yo, break rule number one, and when you get up, do a deep I, dive into him. I will. I know he's a, but he's trying to denuclearize this cat. That's the point of this thing, right? So when you go into the right direction and you make a, a sort of an agreement, yo, that's good. That's, that's good for the, the two nations. So to reluctantly give this, oh, it's, yo, y'all guys are crazy with that shit, man. You need to kind of understand, like, yo, you don't like him, fuck it. Nobody likes him. But that is a good move for both nations. Now, we don't know if it's going to be completed, but it's a step in the right direction. And leave it, leave it at that. You guys don't want to give this dude no credit. Okay, but he should have left crazy. it at that. He should have left it at that. Instead of over-complimenting a guy who's a murderer. The guy's a fucking murderer. He enslaves his people. He, pe- people, hey, people don't revere him. He, 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 people are fucking terrified of, of Kim Jong-un. He, he, I he shut I, shit down. 
Homeboy is crazy, and he don't need to have no nuclear weapons. And the United States and Donald Trump is kicking it to him like that. Yo, give the guy some a little bit of credit, and you bring in Eli uh, Lake on as some uh, a credible. Uh, but this is the guy that didn't predict the election. <laughs> oh, so now you, right. now you're shitting on Eli. I got I love Eli, but I got to kick it real. You you guys you, laughed you, you at me. Let's move forward. Let's, let's move forward. <laughs> this this shit. All right. Always got over with the election. You, you want to go? Hey. But you want to talk about the finals? I just said we weren't talking about the finals. All right, all right. Well, well. I, you want to talk I, about you the playoffs? Give the dude credit. You want to talk about give the playoffs? The dude credit. You got no playoffs, no Trump. But when you mention it, I try to be in the middle. Okay, but you, do you want to talk about it. the playoffs? The playoffs is over. My guy lost. It's oh, over. Okay. All right. Um, I want to retract something I said the other day. I want to retract something I said the other day. The other day on the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, you are now listening to the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast in primetime. Um, the other day I said something uh, uh, that I, I meant and I thought about, and it was, it was hard for me to say. I said I disagreed with my man, Bobby De Niro, after what he said at the Tony Awards. I explained myself in great detail. I am retracting that statement. All right, prove it. Prove it. Give me, give me proof. Go ahead. I want to hear this shit. Um, I, I'm, re- I'm retracting my statement. There, there's the proof. Um, he said, fuck uh, Donald Trump at the Tony Awards. I said, I didn't understand the context or what spawned Bobby saying that. Um, and then after uh, Dick Stain Donald Trump came back from Korea um, and after uh, you know all the G7 stuff, and I told you I did a deep dive into hardcore fact-checking, <laughs> I'm with Bobby. I support Bobby because then Dick Stain came back and he uh, tweeted about Bobby De Niro, who's an actor. He's, he's, he's an actor. He's uh, one of America's uh, uh, most respected, coveted actors. He's also, <laughs> he's also somebody that uh, uh, is a fantastic New Yorker. He's been on the front lines of rebuilding New York since 9-11. Uh, he loves New York and, and uh, you know, he's been outspoken. I'm with Bobby. Donald Trump said that he, he, he referred to uh, Robert De Niro as being punchy. And I want to <laughs> say this. Who the fuck do you think? You, 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 Miles Jordan, play the original Bob De Niro. I mean, he's so blatantly stupid. He's a punk. He's a dog. He's a pig. He's a con, a bullshit artist, a mutt who doesn't know what he's talking about, doesn't do his homework, doesn't care, thinks he's gaming society, doesn't pay his taxes. He's an idiot. Colin Powell said it best. He's a national disaster. He's an embarrassment to this country. It makes me so angry that this country has gotten to this point, that this fool, this bozo, has wound up where he has. That, that, that's where I stand. Right there. Right there. You, 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 you dog. You mutt. You lie. You con, you punk. I stand with Bob De Niro. I retract what I said. I should have never oh. even questioned why Bobby said what he said. Okay. I hear you. But I want to I ask you one question. Does it, is it of any consequence that the economy is good, unemployment for black people and minorities are at record lows? Does that matter? Those things are in question. Jesus Christ. I mean, oh, you can check the record. You can check if he's true with that. So why isn't that the, uh, the thing that matters? I don't understand. You say, fuck the president. I can understand that if he's doing a horrible job and, and it's a recession. I understand it. 
But just to say it to a round of applause and the numbers are the opposite. You don't stand it's, with Bobby? It's me. You got a yeah, problem with Bobby? Yo, I, I don't have no problem. I love, I love the guy's acting. But, yo. You got, a, pr- you be, got a problem with be Bobby? Be accurate. Be accurate. You sound crazy up there, man. You, you, I can see so if this guy, I can see if the country was falling apart. So you of got course, a problem. And you know what? The country's never falling apart. It didn't fall apart with Obama. It didn't fall apart with Bush. But the way, it didn't fall apart with Clinton. But the way it's you're a way you carry yourself. It's a lying. It's a self-serving so, attitude. It's a grandiose attitude of a president. It's a cursing. It's a disrespect. The country's never gonna fall apart. Knock on wood. Yo, that's his personality. That's what that is. You can't. So you can't separate the personality from. Yo, the guy doing the job, I can. I don't look at that. I don't get no hurt feelings from that bullshit. Yo, it's about governance. How is he running shit? Not what well. are the numbers? Not well. Well, well, the numbers don't say that. We got to check the numbers. Well, well, don't, 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 don't just do be a biased. Deep, why don't you do a deep dive? I did enough I fact checking. I am. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it next. Y'all, y'all talking crazy, come, man. That's come why with I, some facts. I am. Okay. I am. Okay. So, But I just want to ask you this question. You got Please. a problem with Bobby? You got a problem with Yo, Bobby De Niro? I, I have no problem with my man. He, he said he's punchy. <laughs> Fucking problem he's with punch Bobby drunk. De Niro. Um, another thing we talked about in the uh, war, uh, the Iron Rapport Stereo podcast the other day was uh, being passionate fans. Um, rooting against Tom Brady, rooting for the Warriors, rooting for uh, uh, this team, rooting for that team. Right now, we are in a hibernation stage of sports. Traditionally, for the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, you know, we're, we're not big baseball guys. We could give two shits about the, the Stanley Cup. Um, obviously, NBA is done. Uh, football and fantasy football doesn't start for months, although uh, we do start doing our research uh, as of July 5th. Um, but I have made a decision and, and I've been doing uh, uh, some investigative uh, reporting and learning about it because I've always been interested in it. Uh, we at the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast uh, are going full-fledged, deep, deep, deep into the World Cup. Okay? I've watched oh. World Cup games in bars. I've watched yeah, like World, World Cup games, uh, uh, you know, amongst other people. And, and I'm going hard-body karate into the World Cup, although the United States uh, didn't make the cut somehow, some fucking way. Uh, uh, We are going hard body into the World Cup uh, uh, this summer. All things World Cup. And and, and I'm actually going to put my money where my mouth is. And uh, later on this week, we're going to break down how we're going to get involved with that. But I got Japan to win it all. Oh, I got to do my research. But you're right. The world's uh, most popular sport needs to be covered by us. So I got to do my research, and I'm gonna pick my crew soon. Exactly, but we're not we're not just doing for the championship. We're doing we're doing uh, the qualifying games. We're doing yep. the whole thing. We're we're deep diving into the World Cup. Okay, uh, I, I, I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna uh, jump off a bridge here and say you could call me the Juru of the World <laughs> Cup. <laughs> so uh, as it starts, we're gonna be talking about it. We're gonna be getting emotionally invested into the World Cup. And again, I don't know how the United States, with all our resources, with all our money, with all our training facilities, haven't been able to figure out how to put together a very competitive men's World Cup soccer team. Right. 
But that's not going to take away from my fun, okay? Because I got about six, seven weeks before I really, really buckle down into fantasy football. And until that time, I'm all World Cup everything. The I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast is all World Cup everything. And we're going to do it the best. Um, Nasty Nas, Nas Escobar is dropping uh, his record, the 15th. Oh, uh, for real? Oh, good. oh yeah. Kanye West produced it. And uh, all I could say is uh, don't fuck it up, man. Don't fuck uh, it up. Uh, uh, I, don't fuck it up. It's, it's very I, I, easy. When Nas uh, uh, is cooking and when a Nas right. uh, song is cooking, it's a very straightforward formula. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nas is not a freak. Nas has always been... QB, Queensbridge, New Yorker, icon in hip-hop, icon music. And um, it's not going to be, yo, I don't know, man. I, don't, I can't say definitively that, yo, I'm looking forward to this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, man. Cats be trying to change dudes and stuff. Like, yo, play this and this and that and, and do this. That's what, that's what I feel is going to happen, man. Yo, well, he put out the, uh, the, the, the title tracks. It's seven songs again. I don't know what, what the, every... Uh. Every one of these records had seven songs. Fine, okay, but if you could give us seven bangers or six out of seven bangers, the, like I said, the formula, if you put together the 25 greatest Nas songs, they all have something in common. And that's, yeah. and that's the sound. That's, the, that's that boom bap, that's that yeah. soul, that's that funk. Whether it's uh, uh, one mic, uh, whether it's the Illmatic stuff, whether it's yeah. Nas is like, whether it's like um, the song he did with 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 uh, Common a couple of years ago, whatever you're into with Nas, every time he's made a banger, it's never been this as I, I refer to it as Israeli EDM club music. No disrespect yeah. to Israel; those are my people. But you know, like or like a Greek beach theme song. Nah, Word. we don't yeah. want shit that sounds like we on a beach in Greece. If you want yeah. some shit that sounds like a, a beach in Greece, you, you, you plug that into your playlist. You YouTube that on your own. With Escobar, is straight, slow pitch, banger, soul, hip-hop, boom-bap shit. And, yeah. and yeah. I'm trying very hard to, to, to lock down a schedule to get my man Black Thought because the joint he put out, Stream of Consciousness, with the five songs, yo. Everybody fact, loves that. Love it. Miles, Play that 215, the first song on the track. Let me get just a little snippet of that. Yo, the big world keeps turning like Ikes and Animes. The church kitchen hustling dinners every Saturday. Pull over, let me grab a plate. I tend to gravitate towards our fish dinners from a styrofoam platter taste. My granddaddy sported plaid Donnie Hathaway's. Hustling for everything we had till he passed away. When I would ask him about what path to take, he used to laugh and say, no man is an island, but I'm a castaway. This dude... This record and what he did on this, it's only, this is really like an EP. Uh, this is like a little taste, uh, a sampler size joint. But this shit right here that he made, he knows the formula. This is a master yeah. craftsman when it comes to this MC. Right, right. And, and, and Nas means a lot to, to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, means a lot to hip hop music. So, man, I hope to God this dude don't have him out here on some, uh, some, some trap shit and, and have him all. I hope I hope not, man. I hope he, he stays true to that artist and crafts music for that artist and not what the fuck you want to do. Just Nas, man. So and, and he Nas be kicking knowledge, so you can't have bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, please, man. 
please, man. Um, I wanted to ask you this, Gerald, because you know I've I've spent a lot of time in in Los Angeles uh, uh, this this year so far, 2018, and I've been in New York for about four days now. I've been offered. I don't know what's going on here. Three people that have you know known who I was, fans. Uh, one guy did it literally in the intersection of a street between 51st and 52nd on 7th Avenue, which is a very busy uh, foot-walking and car area in the intersection, not on a corner, not on a sidewalk. Uh, um, I've been offered by three different people that I don't know, and and it's very generous and and very nice. Three people have come up to me and offered me weed. Oh, for real? I, I don't know why. I had a guy literally yesterday while I was in the intersection. He goes, oh, shit. Yo, what up, man? Yo, you want some weed? And I was like, oh. And I said, nah. I said, yo, you don't want no weed? And I was like, nah, I'm good. And he was like, oh, come on, man. I'm a fan. And I'm like, appreciate that, Duke. I kept walking. <laughs> like, my, right, I had right. another dude say, yo, what's up, Mike Rap? Yo, you want to go smoke a blunt? I was like, this is what he says to me on the street. In the middle of the <laughs> day. I don't know you. Now, I right. get it. It's a generous thing. But I'm not smoking weed. See, that's how you get strung out on that K2. Yeah, I was about to say that. You don't know what's in that shit. And, and a stranger, if, and if you do do it, it's your fault. It's not him. You don't just take weed from a stranger. It could be K2. It could be all kind of shit. Opioids mi- mixed up in that. You could have some uh, woolers. He could have woolers and all that, man. Come on. Good old-fashioned woolers. <laughs> um, so has that happened to you in New York? Nah, nah, man. No, no, nobody coming up to me with that. Uh, I, yo, thank God. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that on any, on any occasion. You would never uh, get me to uh, succumb to that. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, all right, Miles Jordan, uh, please play the world-famous, internationally known, sick fuck of the week theme song. This award is earned, not given. It's called the Sick Fuck of the Week. This guy's really sick. Lock him up. How could you do it? Don't let him out. Damn. You fucked the dog? You what? You fucked the dog? Why would you fuck the dog? Why would you fuck your girlfriend's dog? Sick fuck. The Sick Fuck of the Week. It's earned. Earned. Not given. You did... What? No. 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 No! The sick fuck of the week theme song. I got some. I got some dandies. Oh, can, uh, I, can I go first? I never. I never go first. Can I go first? Oh yeah, no problem. Let me just set the stage uh, for some new listeners. If you've never listened to the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, and I suspect there are a few people out there who've never listened to the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, we are rocking in prime time. The uh, sick fuck of the week is an award that is earned, not given. It is an award that is earned, not given. Yes, Mr. Moody, please. Yes. Oh, okay. A 53-year-old man, after a boozy night, drinking and chilling, came home, stuffed a 30-inch sex toy up his seat, which perforated and collapsed his intestines. And as a result, part of his bowels had to be removed. And he now has a permanent shit bag. Damn. <laughs> 50. Uh, yo. That, that, there's no question. That guy's a sick fuck. Uh, yeah, of course. 
Of course. Look at that. It, it, so it disappeared and perforated his in, intestines. But, but, but how you come home and that's what you do. What's like, how is that something like you want to do? Like, not like right. y'all want to turn on the TV and watch a little HBO or no, yeah. I want to just take a nap or I want to listen to some music. Or I want to make something to eat or do some work. That's what you're like, you're thinking about all day. And then when you right. get home, you just can't wait. Uh. <laughs> Go ahead. In Pittsburgh, for the second day in a row, in uh, I believe they're calling it like a downtown area. So it's a busy area. A man has been spotted jogging, not, not, not like uh, uh, meandering, not struggling. A man has been spotted jogging over bridges, jo- jogging, you know, like, you know, residential neighborhoods, like, you know, like where there's like coffee shops and all that, butt ass naked. <laughs> My man is going on runs in plain sight, in plain day, in the middle of the day. Over near 20th and Carson Street, 15th and Carson, running over bridges. People have been videotaping Duke. He ran over the Fort Pitt, Pitt Bridge, butt uh, naked. <laughs> yo, running in the buff. I, yo, I like money, man. That, that takes a lot of courage to say, yo, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to do it. My man, oh. put some fucking clothes on, Duke. Yeah, come on, man. What the fuck are you doing, man? You you yeah. running past kids and shit like that? Put some fucking clothes. Yo, you yeah, running a jock strap at least. I understand that. I can respect that. Yeah, somebody should yoke him up. Be like, yo, man, my daughter's out here, man. Just just snuff money. Yo, put, give, give him some shorts. Give him some Michigan shorts or something, man. <laughs> I, I, I got, I got one for you. Michigan shorts. <laughs> The Fab Five joints. I got one for you, man. I could one-up you. Oh, man. Uh, in Germany, a study found that masturbation kills 100 Germans every year. So it's called autoerotic death. So one guy, it's like depriving yourself of oxygen to achieve the ultimate orgasm. So this one dude wanted to get mad hyped. So he clamped jumper cables to his nipples. Jesus to try and stimulate himself through electrocution while climaxing. And he succumbed, and he's no longer with us. You sick <laughs> animal. You crazy sick. You electrocuted yourself. Right. He tried to, he tried to maximize that orgasm, but then that yeah, was it. The, uh, the, the jumper cables, you know, told his girls, start the car, and it was over. Start the car. <laughs> um, police in Philadelphia are investigating an attack. You know how they have family day at schools? This is at an elementary school. You know, you're winding down the school year. They have like little celebrations, little little carnivals for the the little kids. Elementary school, uh, I'm saying that again. Um, Two parents of a child in an elementary school, uh, the Robert B. Pollock Elementary School, jumped the principal and vice principal on family day, when they were told that they had to sign their child out of the office, this is to keep, obviously, the kids safe and keep things organized. They didn't like that. <laughs> so they, they, they beat up the principal and the vice principal in front of all the other kids and all the other students. Damn. And, and damn. all the other parents. Damn. Damn. That's, that's just hard. That's horrible, man. Imagine you the principal and you get your ass kicked. 
how are the, the how are the staff and the student body after that going to respect you? <laughs> Word. That's a good point. That's that's a that's a uh, probably an obtuse way that most people would think about it, but <laughs> but that's true. How you going to uh uh how you going to put forth uh, uh uh what what put forth um damn what's that shit rap? Uh, uh, Any kind. <laughs> Any kind of authority. Yeah. And oh, you you the one that got your ass kicked in front of everybody. Um, finally, this is jump to the potential top five sick fuck of the year situation. We are still getting the details of it, but this is way out there. In Allentown, Pennsylvania, uh, where me and Moody have been. My mom uh used to live in the Poconos. Yeah. Uh we've been there many times. This is about I don't know, an hour and a half out of New York City. Uh, East Stroudsburg. Yes, yes. Um, a, a man got into an argument with another man uh, uh, while they were on the freeway. They pulled over. Uh, they call this a, uh, uh, you know, a road rage incident. They started arguing. Um, instead of fighting, instead of you know, hitting each other with objects, one man defecated, picked it up, and threw it at the other man. This is the second time this year somebody has used their own shit as a weapon in public. Of course, we have the Starbucks lady who did it. She's been arrested. Um, and, and now we have this one. So instead of fighting, instead of like ramming their cars into each other, the person threw defecation at another man during a road oh. rage incident. Oh, my God. Hey, oh, so... Feces are now being weaponized. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that, 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 that's exactly the point. Like, to be that way out there and that far out and have, like, like no other resort. Like, go punch the guy in the face. Uh, ram right. your car into him. Or just keep driving and curse him out. What about giving him the finger? That always works. Oh, man. No more, it's not, no more fair ones, man. They not give you no fair ones. No, just you're going to shit and throw it at yep. the other person. And, and if yep. you do that to me... You've won the fight. I'm not going to continue yeah. with you. Yeah, you won. You won. You won money. You crazy, man. <laughs> All right, listen. Uh, coming up next, the official, unofficial I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast international correspondent from Bloomberg News, our friend Eli yeah. Lake, will answer every single question we can conjure up to the best of his ability about the summit uh, with Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump whether or not Kim Jong-un is actually talented in anything, uh, and a few other subjects with our friend who's been rocking with us since day one, uh, yep. Mr. Eli Lake. All right. The official, unofficial, political correspondent, international correspondent of the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, Eli Lake is joining the show. How are you, Eli? I'm good, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to maintain, doing the best we can. Um, the reason why I uh, uh, wanted your expertise is because uh, Donald Trump met with Kim Jong Un, um, and then they they signed a letter, which I actually read uh, with a four part thing. Two of the things were nothing. Two of the things were potentially something, and I understand schmoozing i understand appeasing and i understand politicking because because this is the true essence of politicking donald trump meeting with kim jong-un 
that's politicking, you know, where you have to sort of, you know, mince your words and you, you, you're, you're trying to sort of give something to get something. Um, my first question is about the meeting and the response that Donald Trump uh, gave after meeting Kim Jong-un. He said a bunch of things about Kim Jong-un. One of them saying, one of them being that Kim Jong-un, and I quote, is talented. Now, there's all sorts of words you could use to describe different people. What the fuck was Donald Trump referring to when he referred to Kim Jong-un as talented? Is he a talented dictator? Is he a talented killer? Maybe he has a skill, uh, a piano we're not aware of. Maybe he played the clarinet for Donald Trump. What is talented about Kim Jong-un? And and who is Kim Jong-un? Like, give the, the facts and the reality of who he is and what he's done. Yeah, well, let's start with the second part. Kim Jong-un is the third generation Kim to rule absolutely over North Korea. I was in North Korea with Madeleine Albright in 2000 when I was a younger State Department correspondent. And it is a relic of the totalitarian 20th century when you had like the Soviet Union being the most obvious example where it's literally the people are in constant fear of the regime because they can do anything to you. It's something that I think is hard to appreciate as Americans because we have rights, but it's not just a matter of rights on a piece of paper. There are stories of, you know, regime officials who got out of favor with the supreme leader there, and they're not only they, but their entire family and their house would disappear overnight. You would never hear from them again, and they would go to these gulags in the country, these work camps that are vast, where there are at least 100,000 Koreans in them, sometimes generations of Koreans, because they punish an entire family. Um, that's it, real. A, that's a fact. That's not made up. That's not. Um, no, that's that's yeah, not like like some sort of like Santa Claus exists. That's a real fucking thing. Yes, it's disgusting. And it, there are. I, listen, when Trump says there's a lot of bad places, it's true. We can talk about a lot of places where there are horrendous human rights situations. But I'd say that probably North Korea is the worst. And there is a, an easily Googleable report from the UN from 2014. If you just put human rights, North Korea, 2014, you'll find it. And it gets into some detail about um, these kinds of things. So does, that said, and I'm, I'm of the view that um, eventually um, sooner, I mean, or later that, you know, these kinds of systems can't really maintain in the modern world because the population as you open up, if it's true, as the irony is that as Trump says, it's like, hey, we can bring you into the modern world. We can, you know, you can imagine a future where you have doctors and, you know, technology and public transportation, all these things he put out a video, he showed them and everything like that. Um, if that's true, then their citizens are going to look around and say, why in the world should we live in constant fear that some party apparat is going to destroy our lives because of some perceived slight of the dear leader? Um Eventually, it can't, that cannot continue. One thing has to give. Um, and usually, these dictators, these tyrants, will fall in a pretty bloody way. Um, it's, there's usually not a pretty peaceful transition. So eventually, the Kim family probably will have to pay that price 
if he opens up, which is one of the reasons why North Korea is known as the hermit kingdom, because it doesn't do that. That's the backdrop for this. So when he says Kim is talented, what he's referring to are the things that Kim did between 2011 and now, which is to consolidate power. He had his uncle murdered. He, he, uh, that's real. That's real. He murdered his uncle. He went after um, his half-brother, who was in a foreign country, Malaysia, and actually used a nerve agent on him, similar to what the Russians recently did in the United Kingdom against uh, one of her former spies. Um, he has um, made sure, right before he went to the summit, he fired his defense minister and his top general for his military. We don't necessarily know what's going to happen with them. He, so in this very narrow sense, and I would never use the word talented, certainly Kim Jong-un is cunning in that he has managed to consolidate power even at a very young age um, where it's more likely that you know he will not be off by a rival. So if you want to say he's talented in that, go ahead. The real problem with what Trump said after the meeting with Kim was in an interview with George Stephanopoulos of ABC. Mm-hmm. And this, in my view, is unforgivable. What he said is, uh, you know, he was asked, what are the security guarantees you're willing to give North Korea? And by the way, every administration since Clinton has tried to offer them security guarantees. In general, the formula is you give us your nukes and we will give you security for this regime. We will help you survive. But then Trump said something that he should never have said, which he said his country does love him. His people, you see the fervor. They have this great fervor. That's bullshit. That's There's called no fear. way. That's called being yes, scared of fear. getting killed. The Korean people do not love Kim Jong-un. And the reason it's important, because you can say, oh, he's flattering him, he's buttering him up, this is a Trump kind of thing to do. But the reason it's important is that especially in the modern era, dictators constantly look for validation from the free world Mm. to normalize them to their own population because the message is, this is hopeless. And while I imagine that a lot of I Am Rappaport listeners may not have been huge Ronald Reagan fans, one of the great things that Reagan did do is he constantly made the case for the political prisoners and dissidents in the Soviet Union, so much that after the fall of the Soviet Union, they kind of said, listen, we were aware that the American president in the 1980s had raised his issues you know, with our leaders, and that was a great thing for us. It gave us some hope. This is the opposite of that. Trump is basically repeating the lie that North Koreans are told all the time. That, oh, don't you love the dear leader? And that's a real problem. And he didn't need to do that because Kim's going to make a deal with Trump, not because he's flattered by Trump. This is not a real estate bargain. Mm. Kim's going to end up, if he does make a deal, which I think is still uh, uh, unlikely, but let's say, you know, let's say it's a possibility. If it, He's going to do it because he's calculated that if I don't make a deal, then that's it for me. And Trump is serious. He will use military force. So in a weird way, I think it, it's, it's sort of opposite. Like Trump should get some credit for going buck wild and saying, hey, I may have to, you know, our nukes are bigger than your nukes and all this other stuff, even though nobody wants a war, because it probably forced Kim to to recalculate and say, all right, maybe I should do business with this guy, because if I don't, that's it. You know, he's 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 crazy enough to actually start a war Mm -hmm. as opposed to this stuff where he's like validating him. And that is the downside of any deal with North Korea is that we will end up becoming in some ways, you know, partners with you know, a foul and oppressive tyranny. And we really should just 
be aware of that. In the if we can actually get rid of his nukes, even me, and I'm a big human rights guy, believes it's worth it because that's too much of a threat. If we can get those weapons out of his hands, then that's a good thing for the world. But we should be aware that the real cost here is that we're going to be coming basically these kind of senior partners with a petty, thuggish uh, dictator. And it's, it's, that, that's the bad side of it. And when you say thuggish, I think that's underplaying because the reality of, of it is, is he's a killer. And, and, and just, to, killer. just, just yeah. to clarify this, because Donald Trump is acting like the deal is done, everything is set. And, and, and I've broken rule number one of the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast because I'm talking about something that's serious and it's, it's out of my shit-talking uh, 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 realm of expertise, is as of now, and I'm asking you, the deal uh, and, and the hoopla and the handshaking and the meeting, nothing is set in stone. Nothing has been guaranteed. Nothing has been promised. There is no deal uh, there is no promise. There is no denuking. Nothing. Nothing has actually uh, um, been put into action. There is no. There is no formal sort of agreement. Correct. There's there, there's a right now. There is a statement of intention. We're so and there's been far statements away. of intention in the past, though, right? I mean, there's been more than statements of intention. There have been frameworks for agreements. Unfortunately, the North Koreans largely welched on them. I mean, it's, it's but it, yes, in the past, there's been a lot more. What they need, the hard part of this is getting the North Koreans to agree to really intrusive inspections. Right. And that is, I mean, what we, 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 all we have now is that Trump and later Mike Pompeo, who I think has more credibility on this, the Secretary of State, saying that the North Koreans understand. That Kim understands that he's going to need to allow this. This has to be a verifiable deal. But, you know, as they say, the devil is so in the details and we don't have any details right now. So it's hard to figure out what that is. What's more, we don't even have a timeline. Right. So, again, today, uh, breaking news today, Mike Pompeo told reporters traveling with him in South Korea that they plan on getting this pretty much done in the next two and a half years, which would be right in time for mm. the 2020 election. Mm. That means in the next two and a half years, there's going to be a process. But again, the the Korean, the North Korean side knows that. So that gives them a little bit of leverage because they know that they want to get something done by 2020, that the, that the Trump, Trump people want to do that by 2020. That's the goal. So they're going to try to play this out. That's how all these negotiations are. And we'll have to see finally when the deal is. Now, I was a critic of Obama's Iran deal. Mm. And part of the reason I was a critic of it is that when, it, when Obama was saying he wanted to reach a, a nuclear deal with Iran, he said, these are what we're going to get. We want to get you know, them to dismantle their entire program. He didn't end up getting that. And Obama, you know, I think, put, has, you know, put more resources into it than Trump. The difference, I think, is that Trump is crazy enough. Um, and I'm, I can't believe I'm saying but he's crazy enough that I think that China and North Korea, him, G and others believe he's crazy enough that if he doesn't get a deal, he'll start a war. Whereas I don't think anybody really believed that about Obama. And even though that's not a good thing necessarily in a president, because we don't want a needless war, mm -hmm. in the context of this one thing of a nuclear negotiation like that, that's a that's an important advantage. All right, um, that 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 all makes sense, and I, and I appreciate that. Is, is what is the other thing pending in your head since you're the official unofficial uh, international correspondent? 
slash political correspondent of the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Is there anything else that's looming, uh, that's aggravating, that's concerning to you, Mr. Eli Lake? Well, one thing is eventually, sooner rather than later, we think, there will be a report from the Justice Department on James Comey's handling of the Hillary Clinton email. Right. And if you remember, we spoke about that on the I Am Rappaport podcast during the 2016 election. And it would be interesting to see what ends up happening with that, because back then, Democrats were, you know, livid with uh, Comey for uh, basically saying we're not going to press charges. But what she did was really bad. And then maybe reopening it right towards the end. Um, you know, lots of the people who were on that campaign and wrote memoirs have talked about that. Well, finally, we're going to see. Uh, a Justice Department report written by somebody who was appointed by Obama. So it'll be have a lot of credibility, I think, with everybody. And it'll be interesting to sort of see what they all come up with. And then that will fit into the big thing looming over the Trump presidency, which is Mueller's investigation and whether or not um, it calls into question some of the moves from Mr. Comey, the former FBI director, in the beginning. Because remember, the reason that we have a Mueller investigation is because Trump fired Jim Comey right. and then acknowledged that he did it because he was investigating Russia. Right. And that's why we have the investigation. So this next report from the inspector general will go into basically an important question on Comey's character and whether or not Comey is a reliable witness in some ways against Trump. And uh, that will have a lot of, I think that has a lot of political implications because sooner or later Mueller is going to come out with his report or maybe Trump will fire him. But whatever happens there, that is the most important thing, I think, uh, in terms of Trump's presidency. So we should watch that. All right, Eli, I appreciate the insight. Uh, this is Zion Rapport Stereo Podcast in prime time. I knew I needed to get uh, uh, some some real information and uh, some uh, just some some level thinking. Because, you know, one thing that I could say that I've learned since uh, Donald Trump coined the phrase fake news it's all fucking quote-unquote fake news. Fox is bullshit. CNN is bullshit. MSNBC, I think, is sort of in the middle. But at the end of the day, you need to take a little bit of uh, something from all these places and then conjure up your own opinions, which uh, uh, makes me uh, have to work uh, a little bit more than I'd like to because I don't think you can really trust anybody. Because just like ESPN or uh, Bravo, it, it's all entertainment. It's like they're there to get ratings, to keep people watching and, and they'll say whatever the fuck they need to say uh, uh, to, to keep you watching, keep you thinking, keep you sort of gravitated towards the TV. So uh, that's something that I've learned in the last year and a half. All right. Well, it's always great to be on the show, man. And congratulations on all your success, really, with like the second career as a podcast champion, in addition to being an acclaimed actor, which I have to say, uh, as somebody who's been listening from the very beginning since uh, – Back when you were like a guest on, can I say his name, Bill Simmons? Uh, it's a great show, man. And I can see, I'm really, it's great to see your success. And I, 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 I listen and I know a lot of people do. So I appreciate it. Thank Eli. you for your work on that. And I, G Moody. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And, and, I, and I'll talk to you soon. And let's keep our fingers crossed on the uh, Nas record dropping Friday. Yeah. I, 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 you know, Kanye's still a good producer. Absolutely. Good. He knows his shit knows this shit so hopefully he doesn't fuck up the Nasrek. you could you could play all the fucking fireworks and craziness and one flow of the cuckoo's nest self-confessions and all that bullshit for your own record but do not fuck up Nas escobar's record 
Nas Escobar is not going to let Kanye fuck up that record. Good point. We know this. Good point. All right, well, All right, we'll, man. We'll, thank you so much. All right, Eli. I'll talk to you soon, my man. All right, thank you. All right, I want to thank Eli Lake uh, for the information, the insight. Uh, Moody, you said on the next podcast you will be fact-checking some statistics for us, correct? Absolutely. I'll come back with the facts, and hopefully you will swing in the middle and, and be objective because you're a journalist now. <laughs> Cut the shit, man. Um, and, and rap. What, wait, one more ahead. before you do. A lot of dudes asking us, asking me about the the sound, our sound, how it's so clean and crisp, and what equipment do do we use. I want to tell these cats, yo, this is Boom Bap Podcast. We don't divulge shit. <laughs> our our sound is our sound. We're in the hip hop uh, energy. We don't tell you the records. We don't tell you shit. <laughs> Stop asking. Our sound is our sound. And we have to give credit to uh, uh, engineer. A sound mixer extraordinaire, uh, Miles Davis, whose actual name is Miles Davis, although he's Asian. Um, we, I don't know if most people know that. Uh, our our sound mixer and engineer uh, and, right. and coordinator is Miles Davis. Of course, he's half of the team of the Dust Brothers, along with Jordan Winter. But yeah, stop asking. We're not telling shit. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Miles might give you some information and insight to that. Uh, but me and Moody will not divulge any of that. Um, no. I, I can't wait for your fact checking. Yo, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. You guys know we are going on tour this summer. Told you the dates. Uh, next week, uh, big three starts. If anybody's in Houston and you're a fan of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, come to the games. Take pictures. The games are going to be dope. They're going to be competitive. Meta World Peace, Nate Robinson, Steven Jackson, Kenyon Martin, the whole yeah. crew. It's going to be dope. It's going to be fantastic. Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast in Prime time, one time for your mind. Miles Jordan, take us out of here with the G Moody Smacker beat.